Good afternoon, Professor Peter Lynham. Good afternoon. That was some fun music you played just before the theme <laughs> tune. <laughs> yeah. Now, Peter, we're heading back to Korea, South Korea. We yeah. recently were on holiday visiting a bunch of religious sites. Yes, indeed. Mm. And I, I mean, mostly we were talking about Buddhist traditions in Korea last time, and that was the dominant religion right through into the 20th century. Mm-hmm. But today there's been a real reversal with uh, Christianity is in sharp competition with Buddhism and all sorts of species of Christianity, some of them, you know, spectacularly different. Uh, and I thought it really was very interesting looking at it on site, uh, seeing churches everywhere, uh, far more obvious than than um, Buddhist shrines of various kinds. Mm-hmm. And why? I, I why just quickly, Peter? Why would the Christian sites be more visible than the Buddhist ones? Um, well, I think there's a number of factors. I think for a start. There's not just one form of Christianity in Korea. Christianity in everywhere breeds different versions and varieties. Mm. Um, And, of course, Buddhism has varieties as well. But the astonishing degree of competition between different types of religion in Korea, it it is spectacular. And so that I believe that there's not even one type of Presbyterian. Somebody told me that once there was a hundred versions of being a Presbyterian Christian, let alone um, all the other denominations as well. Mm, mm. So there's something going on, and I think it all goes back to competition with the Japanese over the years of Japanese domination, because in some ways the nationalists who stood out against the Korean, um, the Japanese occupation of Korea after 1905, 1907, were predominantly Christians, which is kind of interesting that it became the kind of place where people who felt opposed to Japan gravitated into Christian religious groups. Is it, is it just why? simply because the Buddhists are a bit more zen with it and there's a bit of uh, it, Buddhism it in Japan and, also, and they maybe found a well, connection? Yeah, yeah, there is Buddhism in Japan and Korea, which have quite a lot in common. So that would have been a factor. Mm. Uh, but it is also a factor that probably those who stood for Christianity were really saying um, Korea needs to change, needs to change in a very different direction than what it's going. And the obvious solution would not have been Buddhism for that. Mm. It would have been Christian. Okay. And so lots of the early politicians and the secret um, conspirators against uh, the Japanese were Christians. And they came to play a key role um, when finally Korea got free in 1945. Uh, and then the messy years afterwards, um, there was a lot more freedom for Christians. And I think this must have led to the spewing, really, of an enormous variety of of Christian churches that I just, I saw everywhere in in uh, Korea. Does the word just get out, and the Christian miss- missionaries from all different types of Christianity go, "Wow, hey, South Korea is having its moment. Let's all go there and peddle our wares." 
Uh, yes, at, plus I think the fact that uh, um, Korea was under a strong American influence. Yeah. And so th- there's pretty strong American influence feeds into the types of Christianity that, that developed, at least initially in Korea. Mm. So everybody could get in because the Americans, you know, had set the country free again and were there to preserve it and sa- keep it in safekeeping. Mm-hmm. So, it, so it's a very pro-Western um, religion, yeah, and that's that's a real factor in it. Now, what are the what are the particularly funky elements of Christianity that you you saw there when you were in <laughs> well, the, the one very amusing one, which was just around the corner from where we were staying, was a church called the well, the English said the Rapture Church, and I put this on my Facebook page. It got a lot of amused comments from people, um, so I'm not quite sure. The Raptor Church appeared to be in the stairs room, <laughs> um, so they're on the way up there anyway. Um, but they're they're you know obviously expecting uh, to be in an advanced position uh, mm. as they go up. There seems to be quite a strong interest in Korea in kind of exotic forms of Christianity, mm. and the other uh, very interesting aspect is this huge. Pentecostal influence. The largest Pentecostal churches in the world are Korean-based, and uh, or the one particularly famous one uh, with a Korean pastor who also d- did big time in America uh, until he got caught in financial fraud, mm. um, which was not good for the for the image. Um, it it claims to have a hundred thousand members wow. in its in its single church congregation. So I mean, Pentecostal even... stuff is like on the evangelical scale, right? Where they go yes, and party, yes. party at church and sing and flamboyant Christianity? Yeah, oh, you bet. Yep. Um, and Pentecostal Korean style seems to love ostentation and show and big. I mean, mm. there's a great deal in Korea that has gone to big you know, as a sort of a, a format. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was really uh, striking. And one odd thing about this particular church is it has something called a prayer mountain. So this prayer mountain keeps up a, a team of people praying for, I'm not quite sure what, career in the world, I suppose, um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But there's always and some praying. Is, that's right. There's wow. always somebody praying. And Is it like a roster? Did you... Um, there must be a I roster of some so. sort. But yeah. it's done an enormous start because, mm. I mean, if they're getting a congregation and they have multiple services on Sunday and yeah. their building can accommodate, I think it's 10,000 seats at any one time, um, this is, I mean, there's big money involved. Yeah. There's spectacular big style involved in this. Yeah. Um, so, so that's intriguing. But uh, two things I noticed very, very close to the center of Seoul. Firstly, an enormous office block, which had in English at the top, um, Methodist Office Tower. So that's a fairly standard New Zealand denomination, mm-hmm. um, which clearly has a big presence in Korea. And there is, in fact, a Methodist Korean congregation on the North Shore. But just we were heading towards the Seoul Museum, and we came to this astonishing, astonishing building that was well it looked a little bit like uh, the sydney opera house upside down if you can kind of imagine it <laughs> yep. well in other words the spikes went upwards at the corners 
rather than in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, like this huge concave building done in astonishing brick. And at first I just thought, that's an amazing building to look at. Um, and then I worked out there was a bell tower at the top of it. And I had to go close to work out where it was, what it was. But it was a, it was the replacement for the original Presbyterian church, very, very close to the centre of, of, of um, uh, Seoul. And the opulence of it was just astonishing. Must have cost a fortune. But, see, Presbyterians are really, really big in, in Korea. They're the biggest denomination. Um, probably a lot of Scottish and American influence, which mm-hmm. all sounds a bit strange, but they did enormous work on in, in missionary work in, in Korea, I guess. And, um, boy, they show their presence in substantial buildings. Mm. But, you know, I also saw Anglican Cathedral, Catholic Cathedral, uh, and innumerable little churches down side alleys that I never bothered to work out because they wouldn't have had any English labels on them. And I'm sure you're, pro- you're probably doing a lot of this on foot? Yes, indeed. Okay, totally so it's foot. all it's <laughs> a, in a very close concentration to one another. It re- oh, come on, I walked a huge distance. <laughs> <laughs> no, about relatively, Peter. You, you know what oh, I'm yes, saying. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not I saying you do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so... See, there's some interesting implications because I've been told in New Zealand that the Korean churches, most of them on the North Shore where many of the Koreans live, um, are effectively the marketplace for Koreans to meet other Koreans. Ah, yeah. That that, makes total sense, you know. You want to be able to reach your community, right? And you're like, oh, my God. That's right. Yeah. But what I've always picked up from Koreans talking about these churches Mm. is that they are absolutely emphatic on maintaining Korean customs, you know, the culture Mm. of modesty and polite behavior and don't drop any litter and all those sorts of things that make Seoul such a sparkling city in some way. Mm -hmm. That there's this, and, and the result is that young Koreans do not enjoy being dragged to church by their parents yes. where they will be expected to fit the most traditional mould. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it also is intriguing that, that Buddhists will go to church in New Zealand because on the whole it's Korean Christians who are emigrating, not Korean Buddhists, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I'm not quite sure why that would be, but maybe, again, you've got wider Western connections through mm. the church, so you follow it up. Yes. But, you see, along with this comes any amount of Korean invention of religion and nationalism turning out to some really, really strange religions. Um, you'll be aware of Shinjongchi, the the... Korean group that comes on campus and causes quite a lot of annoyance. Yeah, so we've talked about them in the past and they're almost cult-like recruitment. Yes, and you see, what was intriguing was when I visited their site here at Auckland, Mm. they had a whole set of graduation gowns for when people do their Bible course, finish their Bible course. Mm -hmm. And that's another aspect of Korea, that they are just infatuated with learning. And so that 
everything will be dressed up into status symbols. Mm-hmm. And of course, Christianity in some ways lends itself to quite a lot of status symbols. Things. Mm-hmm. Um, and your building and your dress and your pastor, all of these things will mark you out as successful, not successful. And I suppose that this might be being harsh and be good to hear from Korean listeners, but I wonder whether just because of the sheer struggle for survival that South Korea had in its earlier years, mm. whether there's a kind of drivenness to success yes. uh, in, in Korean religion as there is in so much else in Korean society. Mm-hmm. Mm, very fascinating, Peter. Hey, um, thank you so much for this week's edition of That's the Spirit. Um, we're getting a bit closer to the news, so we'll, we'll wrap it up there and look forward to speaking to you in a week's time, mate. Brilliant. Okay. Bye.